0: Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast, kind of. It's actually a Cone of Shame episode and many of you are like, what? I thought the Cone of Shame episodes went away? I haven't heard one in a long time and to that I say, you have fallen into my master plan. That's not true. It's not a master plan. I'm just making it up as I go, just like everybody else. When, uh, when I started uh, doing Kona Shame episodes a while back, I said to you guys, "Hey, tell me if you like these sort of medical episodes, and I'm gonna make some stuff on on medicine and and some more real veterinary conversations that aren't business related." And people loved them. The episode we did with Sarah Boston on emotional blackmailing became the number one episode that we uh, had done on the podcast. And I got a lot of emails saying, "Andy, I really, really love these." And the one criticism that came in again and again was, "Really, really love them. They're hard to find." I just want to listen to the medical stuff. Um, I love you, love your face, but um, I got I just, I'm really just into the medicine stuff, and they're hard episodes to find when they're buried with the other uncharted podcasts. And so, gang, this is the announcement I've been hinting at for a while. I am so thrilled. I am so excited. The Cone of Shame veterinary podcast is now a standalone podcast. It is a separate podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, check it out. Spread the word. I made these to be accessible to veterinarians very much, but also to technicians and people at the front desk and kennel staff. Whoever wants to learn medicine, get better, just deepen their well of knowledge. I want to make them super practical. When I recorded these episodes, many, many, many of them, the next day I used the information that I had learned making the podcast, and I thought, this is a success. This is what's going to make a great podcast. If I can do these podcasts and put this stuff to work the next day, that is fantastic. That is what is going to be so great. And so, guys, I hope you feel the way that I do. Kona Shame podcast, um, you can find it anywhere. I'm going to go ahead and put uh, the next episode right here so you can hear it. This is a How Do You Treat That episode with the amazing Dr. Donnell Hansen. And uh, you can see what the podcast is going to be. I hope that you'll subscribe. I'm going to put a couple more of these podcasts probably coming up into the Uncharted podcast. And then I'm probably going to stop doing it. So if you like this and you want to keep getting them, they will be disappearing from the Uncharted feed. We're just going to have Uncharted podcasts here. And, And head on over to the Cone of Shame veterinary podcast. So... Let me tell you about this episode, and we'll get into it. Dr. Donnell Hanson is a dear friend of mine. She's a board-certified veterinary dentist and oral surgeon from the Minnesota Blue Pearl Hospitals. She recently opened up Four-Legged Tooth Fairy, which is an online resource and interactive conference center aimed at veterinary professionals to help them enhance their patient health, practice health, and mental health through veterinary dentistry. you got to hear, Donnell. She is incredible. She is so fun so awesome and uh you just just check it out and gang i hope to see you over on the cone of shame veterinary podcast
1: this is your show we're glad you're here we want to help you in your veterinary career welcome to the cone of shame with dr andy rourke
0: Hey everybody! I am here with the one and only Dr. Donnell Hanson. Donnell, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, sir. How are you?
0: I'm doing really well. Thanks for being here and doing this with me. It's my pleasure. Always, I love I love talking with you. I, we always have the best time. Let's let's play. Um, so, how do you treat that? I've got i um, I've got a goofyish. He's he's not as goofy as he used to be. Eight-year-old male neutered lab named Drake, and he came in um, because his something he's something's not right in Drake's mouth. So Drake has got a slab fracture for the upper fourth premolar, like we'll just say the right side. So right side premolar, he's got the slab fracture. Um, the the flap is you know like the it's got the. It's got the slab and the slab is still attached, so it's got like the flap, it's not loose. Um, it, it, I mean, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's still there, but you can tell like, Oh, that, that, that tooth is broken. Um, he's not, he's not sensitive though. You know, he'll let you look at it. Um, he's still eating, he's still chewing, he's still hunting. Um, but, but that, that thing is, that thing is cracked. Um, the owner's going, doctor. We need to do anything about this. I mean, he still chews. Can you just can you just pull that piece off? You know, he's asking those questions. How do how do you treat that? What how do you how are you approaching this?
1: Gives you the heebie-jeebies, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, having a fractured tooth and somebody going, can we just pull that piece off?
1: <laughs> Man, if that was us, we'd be in the emergency room. You know, we'd be oh, thinking, yeah. call my dentist. If he doesn't an answer, I'm gonna call a different dentist. So I can get in as fast as I can. And these guys, they just they just do so well. I just yeah. am always so impressed with them. But listen, the thing about those fractures, of course, <clears throat> it's kind of like an avalanche in my mind, you know, where it's sort of K ca- or the, the glaciers where that sort of calves off that cheek yeah. side, that tooth sort of calves off. And the question will be for everybody is, is there pulp exposure underneath that flappy bit of tooth?
0: Right. So you can kind of like he's not going to let's be honest. Like he's not going to let you really get in there and tug and pull. I mean, he's a living animal. So you can kind of see that there's a flap there and, and you can kind of see at the top that you don't see anything, but you really don't know what's kind of down at the bottom.
1: And it, it wouldn't be kind for us to find out. Right. Like, right. Right. Right.
0: Good call. He knows if I don't, I don't, don't want to ruin this dog. So he's never going to let me in his mouth again. Right. Yeah. And
1: the truth is lots of times families will say, well, I can touch it. I can poke at it and he's not painful. And that can be sort of true. Yep. So let's pretend for a second that it, that it is pulp exposed, right? I, yeah. Because that's the big moment in time. Pulp exposure will determine, do I have to do something? If there's pulp exposure, I have to treat that tooth, whether it's root canal with your veterinary dentist or extraction. And you guys, you should know extraction is a perfectly appropriate choice. Yep. So it's not like it's a subpar choice. Root canals are great. We love doing them. They've got a lot of function and purpose, but extraction's always an appropriate choice of a pulp exposed tooth. Mm-hmm. But once you get in there, if that tooth, let's say, let's say he broke it last week on a bone that he was chewing on. And if you were to actually tell that the pulp at that moment is flush against the dentin, it's flush against the oral cavity. So even though that flap is there, certainly that Flat moves whenever we chew and play and and do stuff. And if you were to touch a pulp exposed tooth when it's freshly fractured, you'd give a dog a zinger. No doubt they would give themselves a little. Yikes. Yeah. But you guys, after the pulp starts to die off, that fresh nerve retreats into the tooth. And so you probably don't have that sharp pain sensation that you would when it's newly fractured. Mm Mm-hmm. And, of course, we all know they don't raise their hand and say, well, broke my tooth today. It's it's often weeks, months, sometimes painfully years before folks recognize that that tooth is broken. Right. And so you can touch the tooth all you want because the pain isn't at the surface like that. The pain is inside the face. And if you've ever heard of a person who's had an abscess tooth or a, a painful tooth, they don't say, oh, this spot right here hurts. They say, my whole face hurts. And, of course, you can touch their face. They're not going to react in that way. It's right. really like a deep pain sensation.
0: Cool. No, that's that's a great way to think of it. That 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 makes it really clear kind of what we're looking at and what the experience is. So stepping back to sort of the example of this top with Drake, we we don't know if it's pulp exposed. So where do we go where do we go from here? We're just looking at him. We know that if it, that pulp exposure is a significant uh concern, but I can't tell um how how do I how do you how do you get this this rolling forward
1: the truth is you know even when I can even when that little flap of tooth isn't there and I can physically see the fracture plane you guys I don't always know if it's pulp exposed you can have that brown dot or the black dot or the pink dot and you can kind of get hints sometimes and if it's obviously bleeding you know it's pulp exposed but there's right. lots of times in the exam room I say to a family huh this conversation's totally premature because I really don't know what I'm going to find until I get in there and and dear family, I'm worried this tooth might be pulp exposed. And oh my goodness, that hurts. So really the next step is to go ahead and get him under anesthesia mm-hmm. and do a great exam. Remove that little flappy bit of tooth um, and and evaluate. And that evaluation has to have not only sort of my eyeballs looking at the tooth. I'll use my probe and that, you know, there's two ends of your probe. There's the, the part that has the measurements on it yep. that you're all familiar with. And then there's that little hooky thing. Mm -hmm. And folks don't always know what to do with that guy, the explorer end. And that's what you're going to use to test. You're going to test the brown dots. You're going to test the black dots. Pink dots, you're going to know those are probably already pulp exposed. Although every now and then, I have a thin layer of dentin that just has the illusion of pink coming through. But you're going to take that explorer and you're going to probe there and see um, and determine if it is a pulp exposed. And, of course, if it is, we're doing care. If it's not, we're not done yet because it's possible that tooth could still have endodontic disease. And it's always important to remember what the word endodontic means. It sounds like a, you know, out of a textbook, it's kind of annoying to, to talk about endodontics versus periodontics in a casual term, but endo means within everybody. So the dang tooth is there infection within the tooth is there infection of the pulp. And that's really going to be through your x-rays, right? So, I can never determine if a tooth is okay or not unless I have a great examiner anesthesia and I can probe the pulp and I have x rays to determine that I don't have signs of endodontic disease, which of course would be, you know, a periapical lucency, which we always call an abscess, or a resorption inside the tooth, or a wide pulp chamber. Those would all be things that would hint at endodontic disease or disease within the tooth. If you think about it logically, that all totally makes sense. And it's kind of fun. I'm a word geek that way um to follow the the path the path of pathology pulp exposure gets inside the tooth bacteria oral contaminants the pulp dies gets mad makes inflammation and that seeps through like the the 18 gauge needle through the tooth into the maxillary or mandular, mandibular bone and voila you get lucencies at the apex So that gotcha. makes sense that's what i'm looking for in my x-rays
0: gotcha cool so just to recap real quick um, so we're um so we got this lab fracture i'm gonna put this dog under anesthesia we're gonna go ahead and take that take that piece off so we can see what's going on uh there's a little brown the little brown circle uh is there so i'm going to use the hooky point of my probe and just see if i can if that if that's an open hole you're saying that tooth needs to go right is that is that the idea so I, i don't see any pink but i've got my i've got my little brown brown dot or my black dot if i can get my probe in there if that's an open passageway you're saying that that we have uh we have exposure pulp exposure um, and this this tooth needs to either get root canal or gone. Is that correct? Without a
1: moment's pause, without it, without time to think about it, without anything, that tooth needs to go. Now, perfect. Does it and have then- to go today? Like if your day was a that surprise tooth, you know, you didn't expect to find that tooth. Let's say it was a different patient, and you just happened to be doing your exam. We don't have to do care on the same day. We have to make it a priority to do care soon. And in my hands, I usually do it the same day because that's sort of what I'm. You know, I kind of just plan my day to have unexpected findings. But in general practice, that can be really hard. If you suddenly have an hour long extraction to do, uh, that can hose your day. So please know it's okay to find the stuff, diagnose everything, make up a new plan, and tell the family, listen, this is a priority. I don't wanna put this off, but today just wasn't well, our budget for the day in terms of time, in terms of emotions, and you know, taking out that tooth is a big deal. And it should be a big deal. Yep. The client should know it's a big deal. So you can schedule for it next week. It doesn't yeah, have to I, be today.
0: I love that you said that. Um, just the the life balance part of that, I think, is so important of we do not have to do that. Of course, of course, Drake is coming in at five o'clock in the afternoon. Like, of course, this happened, you know, this happened a week ago. This is the t- first time they can get in. Of course, you're going to see Drake at five o'clock and, you know, or he comes in at, at, after lunch. And now you you do the anesthesia or you do the sedation and you, you get down, you see this, you see what's going on. And you feel this pressure to go ahead and go forward now, and I think that I think that resisting that or just saying we need we need to make this a priority, but we do not have to stay here into the night and do this and wait for Drake to recover. I I think that that's just good. Um, that's a good headspace to be in, and so that that totally makes sense to me. I also love that really the fact that you know you focus on. Not downplaying it. I think it's a bad move that a lot of us make because we want to be the nice guys and we want to tell people what they want to hear and we want to, we want to reassure people and tell them everything is okay. So we go, oh, you know, I mean, we should probably take this out. I mean, I don't know that he's really in that much pain, and we're trying to soften the blow or to make them feel better. But what we're really doing is lowing lowering the value of our own services. And quite often what we're trying to make people feel better and we make them feel better to the point of them not feeling that they need to take action. And so we've really not acted in the best interest of that pet by downplaying the severity of what we're looking at. So I I love both of those points.
1: We're always stressed, right? What we're presenting to the family and their reaction that they're going to have. And so we're always trying to manage that in a way that will give us the best feedback. And, you know... This stuff is a big deal. It takes you a lot of time. It takes you a lot of energy. It takes you a lot of mental health to manage um, dental disease. So that's what we're always talking about with dentistry um, is is really thinking of it more as, um, like, you know, it's corny, as a marathon. It's not a sprint. Like, we just have to work our way through it, help guide the families, stay calm, keep our souls calm, because when we're not, we cause damage and break teeth and get frustrated and swear and throw our instruments All of it's doable. The thing that's super cool about dentistry is I never want to downplay it in the sense that not make it an emergency, because dentistry is a quality of life emergency in my heart. Yeah. But it's a schedulable urgency, right? And maintenance care is super schedulable, and that's the goal in the first place. We'd like to do maintenance care. But if we find something, it's a schedulable urgency. And then I can get home and get to my kid on baseball on time, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, man. That's such a great way to look at it. Okay. Um, any, let's, let's bring this to a close. Um, any words of advice for me going in to do this fourth premolar extraction? It's a big tooth. Um, anything that you as a dentist would tell me, Hey, I see a lot of people make this mistake or these are things to look out for, or, you know, this is a, this is a little trick that, that I use that I really love.
1: Yeah. You know, I always wish I had this the simple answer for those questions. And the truth is, is just to find yourself in a place of confidence when dealing with teeth. And a lot of us weren't trained. You know, the schools try to do the best job they can, and, and the dentists in the schools try to do the best job they can. But, you know, we didn't get the experience to do these kinds of extractions uh, as often as I would like to say. Mm. And so find resources to help you with that. Um, Really, it's about patience. And the more patient I am, the faster the teeth come out. And a lot of us get so anxious about trying to find the spot where you get the extraction. Like, they, I watch folks, you know, I spend a lot of time with veterinarians helping them learn extractions, and I watch. And we're always looking for that sweet spot where we can hit the spot to get the tooth out. And that's not it at all. You just find a good spot. Perfect is the enemy of good in almost all things, in my opinion. Yeah. You find a good spot and you stay with it kind of like a partner in life you find a good one <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad joke but you no. find a good spot and you stay there and you don't keep moving to find another spot that's going to work better tire that ligament out so you've really got to control your own mind to just breathe through it and let let the tooth come out with you don't fight it
0: Dude, that's so awesome Donnell. thanks for uh, walking through this with me i really appreciate it
1: That's fun for me, too. Thanks for
0: having me. You're the best. Awesome. I hope we will talk to you again soon, I hope.
1: I look forward to it.
0: Cool. Thanks. You bet. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope you love it. I hope you loved it so much that you subscribed to the Kona Shame Veterinary Podcast. I hope you love it so much that you'll tell your friends because you think that it will be helpful for them, that you think that we're going to do good work, and that you're going to learn a lot, and other people will learn a lot, and patients will get better care because of what we're doing, and that it's fun to listen to. I hope you love it so much that you'll leave us an honest review of, uh, of the podcast on iTunes, because guys, that's the number one way that people are going to find us and, uh, and start checking out the show. So I am looking forward to putting these episodes out every week uh, in the next couple of weeks and months and um, just generally seeing how it goes and what people think. And with that, I'll see you next week.